0: Welcome, everyone, to Episode 5 of the Perfect Part Podcast. It's hard to believe we're already on Episode 5, but today I am joined by Bo Meredith and Patton Samuels. Both of them are junior golfers in Tennessee. Uh, Thanks for joining me, guys.
1: Anytime, anytime.
0: Yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, last season, we had Patton on Episode 5, ironically enough. So you may already know a little bit about him, but if you didn't watch last season, Patton, tell me a little bit about you.
1: Yeah, so last season, you know, it it was a it was a weird start. I had a couple tournaments planned to go to Texas for a couple of AJGAs, but uh with COVID happening, uh, it it wasn't the best of turnouts and so we had to resort to a couple uh Tennessee tournaments and started off a little slow, didn't play the best. Um my mental game was a little shook. Uh I wasn't wasn't able to practice as much as I would like um with, you know, COVID and everything and having to take days off when it's 75 and sunny. Um, But then I I sort of got into a rhythm, played good at the junior am. I think I got uh, sixth or seventh there. But I I put three rounds together there that really sparked a good energy in my game. Um, And I just – I didn't put it all together um, any other tournament, but I really felt like that that tournament clicked – something clicked for me. And so I know what it takes to do that again. Uh, So that that was a big tournament for me. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to this year. Um, see if I can do that again.
2: Yeah, uh, Bo, tell everyone a little bit about you. Um, you know, going back to to last year, probably with Patton. You know, me and Patton probably probably known each other for for a good bit. We first met at the Junior Cup when we were both freshmen uh, in high school. We we got paired together, had had a good tournament. Um, but uh, yeah, I think with last year, really kind of what Patton said it was just a real once everything got thrown off rhythm and, and every day you didn't really know know what was going to bring or are you, I mean am I going to be playing a tournament this this next week or what, what's going on and so I think I think um, that shook me and then my mental game and it just got off to a to a um, really inconsistent shaky start um, and I think that that really threw me off mentally for for the good start of the season you know I, I saw some flashes of of uh, the golf that I was hoping to play at the beginning of the year or the golf that I knew I was capable of. But, but, um, unfortunately, you know, it, it was, um, thrown in between some, some stretches of not good golf. But, um, but yeah, I think most importantly, it's good to have more of a base this year. This year we, we can at least know when tournaments are going to happen, when they have more of a schedule and we, more stuff is, is you no, know, not as much uncertainty. Right
0: yeah this past year was crazy with coronavirus i mean there was no spring season uh the summer season operated mm-hmm. slightly differently uh i was out for three months because of a stupid injury so last last year was one that we can yeah. learn from and forget i think um this year hopefully will be better
2: yeah that, that's good when you say something you can learn from definitely i've been i've been taken from last year i've been I've been analyzing all, all my rounds where my average round, my, my, the rounds I play bad just all, all my scores. And, you know, I've been looking at, okay, what, what's going on here? Um, like, I might have this miss many rounds were were up in this range and this should be, they should be in this range. If you want to, if you want to achieve the goals you want to achieve, but yeah, I think it's, it's good. And I know, I don't want to speak for Patton, but it's at least good to have some, have some structure. And at least we can, it looks like we're going to have more of a normal golf season, especially since it's going to be our last year of uh, of junior golf. And so we want it to be a, a real, a real special one, no matter how we play. But looking like it's going to be a more full season, which is good.
1: Yeah, and to to go off what Bo said earlier, really sort of a base going into this next year. You you realize what happened last year with everybody's preparing, everybody's grinding for the the three weeks before their first tournament, the four weeks before their first tournament. And they're getting ready, getting ready, and getting ready, and then it just shuts down. And right. so I think, I think mm-hmm. this year, people that were doing that last year, they realized, okay, I've got to find a different way to prepare where if something like this happens, it doesn't mess with my head. You know, me and Bo talked about it last year when he said, you know, he's already said in the podcast that, you know, his mental game was a little shook. Well, this year I promise you, if that happens, he's not gonna he's not gonna do that. He's not gonna get shaken because um, he knows you know he's prepared for that to happen if it happens. So basically, what I'm saying is that if that happens, Bo, his mental game is not going to go south like it did last year. He's going to know what's gonna know what's gonna happen physically and you know how he needs to act on the golf course, how he needs to act at practice. Uh, what he needs to do the week of a tournament the week after a tournament to relax and get his body back in shape and it's just it's a good learning process for everybody i think
2: um yeah and that that's really to build off that it's it's you can you yeah you can just have a better understanding in planning most importantly of course practice and planning weeks before or or just having more of a of a structured practice in between in between tournaments but also Last year, when when tournaments tournaments either got canceled or they got moved, um, if they were anywhere near the beginning of of the year or um, into the beginning of the summer, and so they are all moved to similar dates, and so really you got this stretch where where you were just going basically nonstop with with tournaments that that um, most of them honestly conflicted with each other. But you if you found some that couldn't conflict, they were you were just going nonstop for for a couple months, and also at the same time there was so much uncertainty about about um, well, I mean, what's going to happen in this tournament? Are you sure this thing's going to still go on? But it's what's good this year is, is we at least understand that. Of course, there's an underlying risk with that. Um, there's there's a good chance, you know, you never know what can happen. Some tournaments can be can be moved, canceled last minute. But at least we're, we have it in our head, where nothing's really set, you know, we see a schedule, we see something's on 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 the books for for a certain date, and you know, we're we're pretty confident. We're like eighty five, ninety percent, ninety five percent confident that that date's going to stick. But at the same time, we're not we were we're mentally prepared from last year that if it were to be moved, we're we're not going to be um, we're not going to be upset by it. We're not going to be um, mentally uh, moved by it.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good point. I hadn't even really thought about. It, is last year really did force a lot of people um, to focus on other aspects uh, of their game, more fitness, diet. Mental gain meditation, uh, a lot of off course stuff um, it did for me uh, and it did for a lot of people that I know
2: but um, that's something I hadn't really directly thought about It's a good point yeah like um that that's a good point you make with fitness I mean I made a I made a goal this past November that I wanted to gain I wanted to gain twenty pounds of of good weight this off season and so far you know i like I went from 140 to now I'm over 160. Um, so yeah, there's just more of a focus on, uh, or or redirect or redirecting your focus to a lot of fitness and, and off course stuff. Right.
0: So first thing about this year, uh, what, what are y'all playing equipment wise?
1: Um, everything in my bag is tailor-made other than my putter. Um, I'm going with the, the regular SIM driver, um, regular SIM three wood, and I have a mix up in my sort of five wood, two iron, three iron, you know, people have different opinions on what, whether they should do a five wood, three hybrid, three, you know, three iron, two iron, what are all those little talks. Um, but I, I, I go with a three iron in my bag. I'm a better iron player than I am a wood swinger. Um, so I, I put the three iron in there and then I have P760 irons from the three iron to the pitching wedge. And then. Uh, Milled grind, 54 degree, 50 degree, and 58 degree tailor made. Um, And I love those things to death. Uh, I wouldn't trade them for anything. People say tideless wedges are the best wedges. Um, Yes, I think tideless wedges have more spin. And younger kids nowadays that see that spin on the green, you know, you can suck it back 20 feet um, from 80 yards. Uh, That looks cool. But when you're trying to play high level golf like me and Bo are, You've got to have wedges that can, you can control the spin and you know, what's going to happen. Um, You know, if I hit a 54 degree tidalist, it's going to spin 20 feet and I don't know where it's going. So I like my wedges. And then I have a Scotty Cameron uh, putter. It's like a half, half blade, half mallet. Um, Got a, got a nice little touch to it. And I'm, I'm in love with that thing. So hopefully, hopefully those sticks will get the job done sometime this year.
0: Yeah. Well, on the wedges, I mean, personally, I play tideless wedges, but I really think the spin comes down to the way the club is set up. So, um, like, I went from a finished wedge last year to a raw wedge this year. I know they say they're not different, but the feel and the performance is a lot different. I mean, Mm -hmm. or at least I've noticed a big difference um, because you can just control trajectory more, in in my opinion.
1: But I really think it comes
0: down to... How the club is set up and just how you swing in general
1: right, and that's one of the big things with uh if you if you want to play high level golf and want to get to that next level, that's a big thing to go get fitted um, I mean you can pretty much go any to any country club near wherever you live or wherever you know in the fifty mile radius and get fitted for the right set of clubs. I mean you hit it on the nose, Carter when you said that you know it's just the feel and the way it looks and the way it sets up and for some people they might go to the, go to Dick's and find a 54 degree that they think looks cool, but it's totally offset for them. You know, that's, that's a big thing about going to get fitted. And I think that's where the college and the pro players, that's where they stand out more because every club is fit just for them. And every spec is on point for their swing. And that's what sort of helps them in the long run.
2: Yeah. Bo, what are you, what are you gaming? Um, I'm a mostly titleless bag. I think, Every single club in my bag, except my hybrid, which is a TaylorMade, um, TaylorMade um, M6 Rescue uh, 3 hybrid, is everything else is Titleist. Um, I personally think that Titleist is the, is the most solid overall brand. If, if you were to pick one brand that you could only play, you can only play their clubs, every single part of their clubs for the rest of your life. I think Titleist, mostly because they, they have solid irons, they have solid woods, um, really good wedges, probably the best putter. Um, best golf ball, and I, I just think they're a really good, solid brand. Um, but of course, you know, when when you pick, when I pick clubs or when I when I get fitted, I I don't have a a set pre- I don't I don't have something blocking me in my mind from doing other clubs. Like I'm thinking of, I'm in the mood for a new, or I'm getting a new driver right now. Um, getting fitted for a new one, and I'm probably not going to have a Titleist. But uh, but with my irons, I'm I'm using the MB blades. Um, and I don't know if you've ever seen those Carter or Patton. I, I like them and they're, they're just pure, they're, they're just a, a complete blade. They're, they're really small heads. Um, and there's, there's really no support, no, no cavity support on them, but that's why I like them. They're just really, when you start hitting them well, um, which, you know, unfortunately doesn't happen all, um, all the time. Uh, <laughs> when you start, when you start hitting them well, uh, they're really consistent on their distances and and the amount of spin they can have and if they really you can really do a lot of a lot of flight work with them and I just like the the consistency and just the solidness they bring. Um, uh, I've doing my my Scotty Cameron putter which been with me for a long time. I, I bought it off eBay for like two hundred eighty bucks in seventh grade. Um, <laughs> I've I've had it. It's been through new shafts. I've I've repainted it a lot, but I've had it for for ever since then never taking it out and i like it i don't like changing putters a lot um but voki wedges i have the raw ones have you ever tried raw
0: that's what i've got now
2: yeah um i I really like them um uh especially like when you get brand new raw wedges when you start hitting them when they're crisp they, they just have so much nip to them you can you can put yourself in any lie or i just remember first time i hit them was on the course and i had some weird rough wet lie and i hit it didn't even hit it well and i was like oh that thing's gonna go 10 feet by the hole and it stops right when it lands um and so i, I like that a lot with the raw wedges um but yeah i have t- my favorite wood with taylor or with Titleist is the is the three wood i think they have a really nice hot three wood with their i have their ts2 um and i think this sets up well or at least to my eye um but yeah
0: yeah so we're a div- diverse group of people. Mm-hmm. We have TaylorMade, we have Titleist and then we have I'm um, Callaway. Uh for the most part except wedges. Um I've been through three full bag fittings, I guess you could say. The first two weren't really fittings, but sets of clubs, I guess. Uh my first one was Ping. Um and they were just really forgiving. Then I had Titleist last year and then this year um, it was kind of my final change Final change for a little while just because I went from senior shafts two years ago to extra stiff and uh, TX in the woods uh, now. So um, just because I gained so much swing speed over that time period. But I'm pretty much a full Callaway guy. I've got the Callaway Blades, uh, the Maverick Driver, which is in my opinion the most forgiving driver um especially out of the heel the heel shots just fly so so well um Vokey raw wedges and then I got a Callaway it's the Callaway putter that looks like the spider putter um I know you Bo and Patton have um played some team events tell me about some of those stories
1: yeah so team events there's something else um the only, the only team events that me and Bo have played in together is the Junior Cup. And, well, I take that back. And the, uh, the match play, um, the Scott Stallings match play, I think it was called the Scotty. Uh, and it's funny because we both had Scotty Cameron putters at the time and they were not hot that week. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the Junior Cup events, I mean, those are something else, you know, that's, it's something that, um, as a junior golfer in Tennessee, that's like the, the end all, you know, the end goal you know it's what you put on the top of the the whiteboard in the spring you, you sit there and you plan out the tournaments to get to the, to get to the junior cup and it's one of the things that we we don't take for granted now um, you know if you make it you're you're a top player in Tennessee so it, it really it really shows and being there it's just it's so much fun uh, but playing wise like the, the the playing and the physical aspect of it, uh, it's more it's more mentally challenging than it is physically. Uh, it, you're just playing golf, but you're just playing with somebody. Uh, and over the past couple of years, like Bo said, we've known each other for a while. <clears throat> and uh, the first Junior Cup was a rough go around We we our chemistry was not quite there. Uh, we played good and we won. We went one and one in our doubles matches, but we we just we weren't there together. We weren't mentally in it. Uh, but the next year we came out and we we got down a little bit we were playing Sheldon McKnight and Lance Simpson two great players in Tennessee and uh, we we were playing good but they were just playing a whole lot better and we get down to the last five or six holes and I think we were down five with um, yeah
2: we were three down with two with three to play three yeah two, yeah two we were play, three two down play. two to play
1: yeah whatever and we just played some spectacular golf and we came back and Bo sticks it to like three feet on 18. We make birdie. We win one of the greatest comebacks ever. Um, it, we, that shows that chemistry is key because we didn't have any doubt in ourselves. You know, we were down pretty much the entire match and we just came back and we kept grinding, kept grinding. And I think that's what's so fun about team events is, you know, I could be hitting the ball bad. Bo could be putting it bad. But if we play it the right way and we have confidence in each other, we get the job done. And that's what happened that year. But speaking on team events, it every now and again, I think everybody needs to play with somebody against other two people or other three people because it just puts your mind in a different spot and puts your perspective on the game and on the match in a different different spot. And it helps you when you get into those tournaments by yourself. You're like – okay, if this person can rely on me, then why can't I rely on myself? You know, if you're starting to doubt your game or if you're playing bad, be like, well, you know, Bo would think my game's good right now if 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 I'm not playing good, so, so why can't I just have confidence in myself? And it's really a, a big confidence booster to play with somebody else, and it helps them also. So I think it's key to play with other people. What do you think, Bo?
2: Yeah, especially because when you're doing a match play, I mean d- – all like amplifying it is doing with another person. But when, when we and you are on a team, we're playing against, against two other people. It, there's, there's no score. There's nothing that's going to be seen at the end of the round, except, except the match and like who won, how much they won or like one up two up It doesn't matter. Like that, that's all that you're going to see. You're not going to see score or, or any of that. And so really you kind of get immersed in it. It's really good to condition. And honestly, you can learn a lot from like Patton said, from playing individual tournaments. Um, because really, when you're doing the match play, you're just not focusing about anything else. You don't care about the score. You're just focusing really on, on each hole. And and a lot of times it's it's against it's trying to beat the other person. But at the same time, really, you take it one hole at a time, and you're just trying to do as well as you can on that one hole. Um, and then when you honestly look at look at the score later on, you're like, man, I, we would have shot 67 if you put us together. Um, and so this is that mindset, that freeness, hole by hole nothing attached to it except except this hole is all that matters it doesn't matter what you get on and you can either be one up all square or one down um so i think that's a really good way to learn and and if you can do go through that like a said you can go to individual tournaments and it can just it changes how you how you play how you think about about your round yeah
0: well i haven't really played any competitive scramble because i think there i think there definitely could be more available um because in tennessee what do we have we have i mean you have the tga four ball um and you've got a few others you've got uh the scotty the,
1: yeah you've got the junior cup the scotty the tga four ball and then I th- i'm pretty sure that's it
2: uh, yeah, i us bring rob terry on here and tell him to add more events <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I know we touched earlier on uh,
0: being able to do some things off the course uh, to prepare for golf tournaments. What do you each of you do golf tournament prep wise?
1: Yeah. So um, before golf tournaments, like are, are you asking like the week before or a month before? Or like like right now, what am I doing or what am I going to be doing in a month from now?
0: Give us a, a rundown on the, the whole process.
1: Okay. So I, I guess right now, once the snow gets out of the way and I can actually move my car um, <laughs> and get on the roads, I'll be working out uh, four times a week. I'll, I'll go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then skip Thursday and go Friday. Um, and that'll be right after school. And I go to a personal trainer. Uh, her name's Courtney Um uh, Actually, Courtney Weber now. She just got recently married. Um, and she's a TPI certified level three. She's so good. Um, she's one-on-one with me. She tells me what to do. Um, I get in there and I, I work my butt off for 45 minutes to an hour, get stretched. And then I go straight to the golf course. Um, and that, and I I think going straight from workout to the golf course, you know, Bo might have a different look on this. People might have a different look on this, but I think that's personally good. Um, and I, I think it helps the way that your body and your mind practice. Because when I get to the golf course, you know, I'm stretched, I'm my muscles are running, I'm ready to rock and roll, and it sort of sets me in that tournament atmosphere, you know, when the adrenaline's pumping, when I've already stretched and I'm on the range, and I'm thinking about that first tee shot, and I'm swinging fluidly, and my 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 arms are tired because, you know, we've all done it when we get on the range and we're just some for some reason we're just tired and we're nervous and we're, the it's just. So many thoughts are going through our head. And I think that's good from going to work out, get tired, go to the golf course, have to pull energy together. And that's one of the main things. People just go to the golf course and they just hit and all that. But my prep is I get tired first, go to the golf course and then pull energy together and grind. And then I'll put headphones in and I'll hit for a couple hours, go chip for a couple hours and putt for a couple hours on day after day after day. And then, once I feel good with my swing, I'll take it to the course and then we, me and my buddies will play every day. You know, if it's, if it's 40 degrees, we're playing. If it's 10 degrees, we're playing as long as we can get out there. And I think that's the big thing for tournament prep and the week before a tournament, you just got to play. You know, so many people get out there on the range and on the putting green and they're like, I got to fix my swing. I got to fix my swing. I got to get it down. I got to get the putting stroke down. No, not really. You know, you look at Matthew Wolf. his swing is crooked. People think his swing is terrible, but he hits the ball straight. You know, you don't need to worry about where your swing lines up with other people. You just need to get out on the course and go play. And I think I learned that at a young age, and I think that's helped me uh, prepare for tournaments. You know, getting out there, hitting it behind a tree, having to get around it. You know, that you're not going to hit every fairway in a tournament. You know, you're, you're going to have to have some recovery shots. And I think that's a big thing for me and my tournament prep is getting out on the course and playing quite often um, and I have some buddies at my my course and we'll play every now and again and we'll we'll play for a little bit of money and or you know we'll put up like push-ups or something be like ten pushups per hole you know that you lose and then it, again that gets you tired gets your arms tired and so you have to really focus and I think that's a big thing that um you know Bo can probably hit on this is When you get out to the course with your buddies and your friends, you know, if you want to be a a high level player, like I said before, and you want to be better than everybody, you've got to focus more than just, you know, get out there, mess around with your buddies for two or three hours, and then you try and grind and you only have 30 minutes. You know, you you really have to get there, grind and be better, you know, be better than you were the day before. And that's one thing that I tell myself before tournaments is I've got to get as good as I can while the with the time that I have so that I can't have like, I can't have any regrets come Saturday and I'm in the first round and I'm six over. You know, I can't say, Oh man, Wednesday, Wednesday, I messed around. I, I should have been grinding. You know, I, w- I want to be able to say, I put, I put my all into it. And I just didn't have a good day. You know, it is what it is. And I'm sure, I'm sure Boken, Boken sort of said the mm-hmm. same to that.
2: Yeah. Mostly because confidence, confidence that you're prepared is, is, the best going to a tournament, knowing fully that you did what you could and and here, you know, here's what it is. Um, you didn't leave anything else behind, but, um, with, with my, uh, with my progress or with my, my practice and my routine, I'll start, you know, what Patton said about working out. So, um, so my, my school, I go to Innsworth and we have a really good, one thing I really like about, about my high school is that we have a, a really good fitness program where it's built in as a class during the day. So, um, Um, so during the day we'll have, we have a lot of, we have a really good workout room. We have a lot of good, good fitness coaches. And, and if you're a varsity athlete, they'll pair you with all the other varsity athletes and they'll have, depending on the season that you're in or depending on, on, uh, the quarter, they'll have tailored workouts. And, and so it's really, really good. Mostly a lot of it's weightlifting. And so it's good to help. I'm not sure how directed it is towards golf, but you know, I've I've gained a lot of, a lot of muscle and a lot of mass, um, just been working out in there and also not even talk about the, um, talk about the mental it does for you during the school day to go, go throw weights around for 40, 45 minutes. Um, get yourself tired, get yourself a bit sweaty. Um, they'll have music playing and then it's just a real break during the day, but I'll have that probably three, four days a week during the school week. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll try to work out five days a week. And so the days that I don't have fitness at my high school, I'll, I'll go and I'll work out on my own. Um, and usually I'll do more endurance and more, more golf related stuff, mostly because, um, just to diversify and from stuff that you do at school. But, um, I personally don't like, I know Patton likes going out to the golf course after working out. I, I don't as much, uh, mostly because you're tired and I feel, and I feel that I don't have as much energy. And I know, that that's good in some ways because you learn how to play when you don't have as much energy. Um, but I, I like being I like being non sore uh, when I start practicing mostly because when you get up for a tournament you're 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 going to be not as loose anymore. And so if you go to the golf course not fully loose or, or still tight, you, you get to learn how to just it's more closer to a tournament morning. Um, but usually one one big lesson that I learned from practicing and especially like leading up to in the winter. Uh, before tournaments is from last year where we I was working on something in my swing and and it it was taking a long time and mostly because it's just a long a long process process just to to learn the movement to to um and then to implement it and so it got to a point where I started my tournaments were coming up and and I was not fully there yet on my on my swing I was working on or this movement I was trying to get done and by the time my tournaments came up I just decided to go you know I was like time to play um it doesn't matter anymore um time to go learn how to get the ball in the hole and you know that that's that's good in some aspects that's that's good in moderation but i found that it, it throughout the year um you know my swing wasn't in the place that i wanted it to be um and so and mostly because if you get it down really i think what i'm trying to do now is i'm, I'm still working on this movement and and i'm just telling myself you know, if you get yourself, if you get it done, if you get this thing going where you can repeat it over and over, it will be a much better, much better season, much better year, and and you can also play through it. But just to not, like when Patton said, going going in the week before tournaments, I think it's yes, it's so important to um, start playing because I, I think when you get a few days before tournaments and you haven't played in a while, the, the wrong thing to do is to go to the range, and and to go work on it. You know, you, you need to learn how to. How to, how to score. That's what tournaments are about. And so basically if I'm still working on something, if, if make, I'm sure many people do, you, I, I know pros have one or two swing thoughts in their mind whenever they, they go to a tournament. So if I'm still working on something um, and we'll say it's five days before a tournament. Yeah. I'll, I'll continue. I'm on the range. I'll keep it in my mind. I'll continue to work on it, but it's, it's time to go play. It's time to go, time to go to the course. You know, you can play with it. You can learn how to play, how to hit good shots with it, how to, and how to get up and down. Um, but yeah, I just think it's really important to learn how to, to learn how to adapt really to what your swing's doing, no matter what you're doing, no matter how you're swinging it, um, and just learn how to get in the hole.
0: Yeah. I think that ties along with, uh, both the decade system by Scott Fawcett and, uh, a book called simplicity by Stephen Yellen. I don't know if you've followed either of those, but basically they both talk about, um, you're you you do not lose muscle memory um you just lose the ability to access it so the more the better you can be at accessing um the muscle memory and keeping your range game away from your golf game being able to say okay i'm on the range i can work on my swing and then an hour later go on the course and say okay it's time to play being able to do that i think is uh so, so crucial because the golf swing is never going to be perfect. You're always going to be working on something on the range, but that doesn't mean you should always be working on something on the course. So something that's gotten me excited again, watching a lot of golf is uh Spieth uh, trying, trying to reach. Well, he is reaching the top of the leaderboards again, but trying to win again. Um, because Spieth is by far one of my favorite players of all time. Um, what do y'all think about Spieth? How long do you think this is short lived, or do you
2: think uh, he's going to win sometime soon? I think we all have something to learn from Spieth right now. Um, mostly, you know, when, when you're, you just ask the question, of course, I think he's, I think he's come this long term. I think someone on Golf Channel was saying this morning, you, you don't lose talent. You know, you can you can lose confidence, you can lose. You can lose, um, you know, your your mind space, but you don't lose the ability. I and mean, we, of course, we all know what Jordan's capable of. Um, and when he gets in the zone, I just I just think he's closer and closer to finding finding that rhythm he used to be on. And I think it was such a such a such a, like a weird, bizarre rhythm, and it, and it was so unique to him. And I, so I think that when he lost it, when he lost his confidence, it was so hard for him to for him to find that rhythm again. Um, because mostly it's just so unique, and that's what that's what made him win. Because um, you know Jordan's not the greatest ball striker; he he's not the he's he's long enough; he's he's a pretty long driver, but he's not he he doesn't win the tournaments by by hitting it. Um, he wins it by by of course he hits it well, but he wins it by those putts that he makes, um those those forty footers, those chip ins. Um, and I think that um you know just finding that rhythm, which is hard for the PGA Tour, hard to compete but at the same time unique to Jordan and obviously works enough. I think when he got away from it, it was just hard for him to hard for him to come back to it. But I think but I think you know I think he changed isn't do you think is that right? Did he change swing coaches? Um he dropped Cameron McCormick. Did he? I think so. I, I think I saw somewhere that he dropped him, and he's taken from Butch now. Maybe he did. If so I missed that. Yeah, that would make I mean, sense. Mm-hmm. His swing looks a bit different. But anyway, I just think the change in rhythm that he's had, and I think, I think this confidence, I, I, can, I can just see him building off it. And he's obviously a good enough player. We're good enough players. He'll, he'll find that talent again. Yeah.
1: Um, I actually just looked it up, boys. And he said – He visited. Wor- yeah, he worked with uh, Harmon for validation that he is on the right path, he said, that he wanted to be on the right path with his swing changes according to Golf Digest. And for for me to go go along with Bo's point saying, you know, Jordan Spieth, he showed us that he was a high-caliber player back in 2015, 2016, and then won, um, I guess it was the U.S. Open, was it, in 2017?
0: I thought it was. Was it the U.S. Open or the Open? Open.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, it was one of those. I can't remember. And then he wins that, and then he's been in a big drought since. And so I think what – what we, what we all can learn from him is don't try and sort of change what's going on. You know, he gets married, um, goes into that whole stage. And a lot of people can say, oh, he got married. So he wasn't focused on golf. You know, he, he got $22 million at the age of 22. You know, he didn't know what to do with that. So his golf game went down. There's so many things that people say. Um, But if, if you watch Jordan, if you hear him talk after a round, you know, if you, keep up with him you know that he hasn't lost his focus it's just golf I mean I feel like that just happens and like Bo said it's hard to compete on the PGA Tour you know we me and Bo had the privilege to talk to Scott Stallings every now and again uh, throughout the year and Scott even tells us you know he'll he'll say that you know one week he shoots eight under and thinks he plays great and gets 50th Um, you know that's just that's golf and so when some people have good weeks some people have good months and the people that do that, like Dustin Johnson, Roy McIlroy, John Rahm, those are the guys that are at the top of the world rankings, and that's why, is because they have consistency. And to go back to Jordan Spieth, his consistency wasn't there, and that's why he has not been on top in the past two or three years. He played good for two years, and he was on top. But to be to be a high highly ranked player over 10 years, over four, five, six, seven years, you have to do what sort of Dustin Johnson has done, Rory McIlroy. You know, they don't play good every week, but they play good more times than not, if, if that makes sense. And I think that's what Jordan, I think he, that's what he's going to do this year. I think we've seen those glimpses that he's, he's been in the hunt two weeks in a row. And that's what you have to do to be up there. You look at Patrick Cantlay came out of nowhere, but he's been playing good recently and he's getting his name out there and he's getting up to the top of the leaderboard week in, week out. And I think that's what Jordan Spieth has to do to become that top player again.
2: Yeah. I mean, and just touching on point, if that's everything's right, I think that's a good way of viewing it with Jordan. And I mean, you see what happened with Brooks Koepka. You you see how these people play inconsistent. You know, Brooks missed three, three cuts in a row, not even playing well. And then he'll go and he just won, won the waste management. Um, like but that, this comes back to that point of you don't you don't lose the talent. Like Brooks, Brooks didn't just happen to gain to gain his talent back in in one week. He just found the right rhythm again. So I think I think Jordan's just a, a longer process of that. And I think you can see these signs that he's he's getting closer. And hopefully, hopefully, you never know. Um, he he can keep on finding it. Hopefully, he doesn't he doesn't go back into that rabbit hole that he was in. Um, but uh, but yeah, I just think I think Jordan's on the right track.
0: I sure hope so. So we'll conclude the episode with uh, your 2021 goals. Uh, I know it's your last full junior season. What are each of y'all? What are your goals?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, that there's so many. It's it's so hard to like put it all in a little a little bubble. Um, I'll go ahead, Bo. Um, so I think, I think I have a couple different goals for different topics of my game slash preparation. You know, uh, Phil Mickelson once said, you know, I don't win the tournament on Sunday. You know, he said when he won the masters, I didn't win that tournament on Sunday. He said he won it months prior and weeks prior, um, to that tournament because of his preparation. And I think that's one thing that I need to work on, um, as a, as a player is preparing the right way. You know, I told you the way I prepare, Bo told, Bo, Bo told us the way he prepared it. it, There's different preparation styles for different players. And I could say I found mine, but who knows, you know, I need to, everybody can learn even at their best, you know, tiger, tiger once said, you know, I don't show up to a tournament just to come, just to play, you know, I'm going to win. You know, he doesn't show up to a tournament thinking, you know, let's just, shoot seven six seven eight under and you know place 10th and call it a day you know he's there to win whether he's got his a game or his his b game and i think that's one thing as a goal for me is to show up to every tournament no matter how i'm hitting it no matter how i'm playing or if i if i hadn't prepared that week the right way you know i want to be able to compete and be in contention week in week out um in my tournaments that i played this year um You know, so that's, that's one big goal for me preparing wise, you know, another goal um, tournament wise and, you know, what, what tournaments I can get in. I'd love to get into a couple of AJGA invitationals, you know, later in the year, like you said, Carter, this is our last full junior golf year. So it'd be cool to get into the players, the junior players championship later um, in August. Uh, That's a big one for me that I'd I'd like to get in. Uh, And then, uh, you know, obviously, you know, if you play good, if you play good golf, people are going to see you. You're going to get invited to places. You know, it's just it just happens. So, you know, another goal is to stay consistent. Um, I, you know, me and Bo talked about it last fall uh, at the Scotty. We were like, neither of us had really good years of in in terms of consistency. You know, I I had a couple of good tournaments. He had a couple of good tournaments. but we didn't really keep it consistent. And so I'd, I'd say that's my biggest goal this year is to keep it around par or under par on a consistent basis. Um, and I think, I think it all goes back to the preparation. You know, if I prepare the right way, each tournament, it's a consistent preparation, consistent week. And, you know, if I, if I keep my head on straight, I should be okay. And so that's, that's my biggest goal is to stay consistent. What about you, Bo?
2: Um, yeah, those are good points, Patton. Um, uh, but yeah, I I think, I think anybody can, any single person can sit down with a whiteboard or a sheet of paper and say, okay, you know, I want to have, I want to have my chipping better. I want to have my drives 20 yards longer. I want to, I want to be making more five foot putts. I want to, anybody can, can write down those lists of goals. And I, and I think, you know, I've tried that before and I just really don't, don't like doing that. I just like thinking, um, just a few, few short, non-technical related things. Like, if, you know, of course I want to, I want to get my swing and I want I want to, Finish, finish this movement I'm working on. and Get to a place where I can repeat it over and over. But, but most importantly, when you ask me if I were to say one or two goals that I could have, it would just be, um, really just week by week, round by round, shot by shot. Um, don't look at don't look at the bigger picture. Just you know, present moment. Worry about placement. Just e- each tournament. Um, not ranking. Not point systems. Uh, none of that because that stuff can really, really derail you. And 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 for the good or for good or bad and just really prepare well. And most importantly, just just trust the path that, that you're on. Um, and, and just really just get a little bit better each day that you practice. Keep it simple.
0: Yeah. I think those, those are good goals.
2: Um, what would you, what would you say? Like, you know, how, how true it is to um, really now, now that we can at least start looking back um, in the rear view mirror that we're about to be seniors and, and go into our last summer of of junior golf just how how especially like carter what grade are you in uh eighth i mean eighth eighth ninth um even tenth grade pat what'd you say um just how important it is like not to compare yourself or not to not not to compare yourself to rankings or anyone else mostly because i mean probably the biggest factor physically is the, the fact that everyone's growing differently um, and really, I mean, you just see so many kids that start off hot or, or, or cold in eighth, ninth, um, uh, 10th grade. And then, and then they just change so much for, for better or for worse. And so just most important to, to, um, really not compare yourself. If there are any younger junior golf, junior golfers listening and just focus on what you're doing to get better.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good point you have there, Bo. Uh, that's one of the bigger things that I struggled with, uh, and, you know, me and both have talked about it. I've, I have struggled with that when I was a uh, freshman, a sophomore. I mean, really, even in eighth grade, uh, I was just – I was so focused on, you know, being the best. But really, um, being the best rankings is not exactly what I was looking for. You know, you could say, okay, yeah, Dustin Johnson, he's world number one. But next week, Roy McIlroy might beat him and – you know, whatever you call Roy Mac- Roy McIlroy the best, and that's the thing about rankings is you you're working on your own craft. Like you, you might be working on getting better at short game, and you go out and get up and down seven out of seven times. You've played good for yourself. You cannot compare yourself to somebody who hits it 320 and missed for four or five fairways, but they had wedges in and they beat you. Like that's that's just because they're they might be faster than you swing speed wise or stronger than you or something like that. But you can't, you can't sit there and compare when, like Bo said, you might be working. I mean, you're working on your own stuff. You're grinding on your own craft. Like it's just different. And you can't, it's just a weird topic because so many people do it nowadays. And it's such a common, you know, common thing that, you know, young golfers uh, they get on the, get on internet and, they look at junior golf scoreboard. Okay, I'm here. I need to play good here so I can get here. No, you need to play good for yourself. If you really want to be good at golf and want to take it to the next level, don't worry about any of that. You just need to worry about yourself and getting better because that's the main thing in the long run. If you, you know, if you shoot 67, 65 somewhere, who cares what you get? That those are two good rounds. Whether you get 5th or if you win it. Like you played good for yourself you can't worry about other people. And if you're, and I know this from me and Bo's perspective, and I know he, he will agree, Bo used to be a whole lot smaller than I was. And I would hit it past him every time, every time. I just would blow it past him off the tee. Well, we would get to the green and Bo wouldn't miss a chip. Bo wouldn't miss a putt. And I'm over here struggling on the greens and he would kick my butt. And so to, to that point, you can't sit on the tee box and say, Oh my goodness. Dude has, you know, dude just hit it 310 down the middle and I'm 250 on the right side. You know, you get it around the green and you play to your strengths. And that's that's another thing, you know, that I want to touch on that y- you might not be good at driving the ball, but if you can get up and down, you better play to your strengths because you can't sit there and worry about, oh my goodness, I'm not hitting the ball good today, but I'm chipping it great. Then chip it great and show people that like you you don't have to be good at everything you can be good at one or two things and still be a solid golfer and so that's what Bo Bo and I are sort of saying on you know work on your craft and your craft only don't worry about somebody else
2: yeah that's that's a good point and you know I don't like to talk about about this a lot but one thing one thing that I think I really did or I'm, I'm happy that I did or that I did good a job of is you know eighth eighth ninth um Grade, you know my game during then Patton. I, I didn't, you know, I was my own ranking. I, I didn't, I didn't compare myself. Um, the aspects of my game, you know, I knew my game. Like I, I played bad for myself, or I played good comparing to myself. No one else, and and I just really found my own way to get the ball in the hole. And, and I just think, you know, that's that's something that we can that I'm trying to continue on doing doing too. Even know that I've grown now, and and that um, Patton is not. I feel like he might tell you this, but he doesn't blast it by me um, that much. <laughs> um, but, uh, but, yeah, I just think most importantly, it's just like making sure you're on the path that you want to be on. Um, and it's just it's just a waste of time, waste of energy if you're going to compare yourself to someone else, whether it's at a tournament, whether it's a ranking. I mean, especially if eighth, ninth grade, but even now too. Just just focus on, on what your game is and how you know it's going to get better and hold yourself accountable to that
0: great great advice very very solid information i think we've covered a lot of really solid stuff in this episode um thank y'all both for joining me
1: anytime it was thanks for having us it was good